What's up everyone, this is Ethan Delves with What's The Res, and today we're going to be doing a just a conversational interview sort of episode with my friends Ruth Patterson and Nate Privet. Did I say that right? Both of those names? Yeah. Okay, yeah, perfect. So they're two debaters in Texas, and they're at a couple of different points in their debate journey, if you want to call it that. But today we're just going to be learning a, bit, a little bit about debate and how it works in Texas, a couple of their favorite stories and resolutions and tournaments. So thank you guys for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. So if you guys want to start, Ruth, we'll start with you. Um, Just tell me a little bit about your debate background, what things you've done, what styles are your favorite, that that sort of thing. Yeah, so I started last year. This is my second year. I'm in first year in varsity. So I started in PF, actually. I never actually went to a PF tournament. I did research for PF for about a month. Before our coach was like, "Mm, nah, I can coach policy better. Policy will just work better. I think you'd be better at policy. And I was really hesitant to try it because all I knew about it was was that policy was the one that was fast and PF was the one that wasn't. So I was like, "Mm, I'll give it a shot. But I ended up really liking it and it really just drew me in. And it was the immigration topic and I really, really liked the topic. I really liked the educational aspects of it. I thought it was just amazing. And so I didn't go to a whole lot of tournaments last year, but I somehow made it to the National Catholic Forensics League Nationals. I didn't break or anything, but that's okay. Got some, got some good experience. And so this is my first year in varsity, making it work, having, having a good time. That's good. That's cool. What about you, Nate? Uh, All right. So I did two years ago, I did a full season of PF in national Catholic friends league NCFL with a partner of mine, Bryson. Um, He and I, did so we got to nationals but that's not necessarily because of of us per se but because we had so little competition in our district really um yeah there was in the in the district tournament there were i think it was like six teams in total wow. and our school was was all of them but one. <laughs> oh man <laughs> um but it was still really good experience with that uh so then Last year, I was going to do LD, uh, Lincoln Douglas, but uh, a coach said that PF was kind of what was going to be their main focus. So LD got put in the back burner and eventually was just dropped. So didn't do debate uh, last year. But this year, I am starting my first season in PF, have gone to a few tournaments now. Um, Did one tournament, my first tournament, with her in Open. Uh, and the rest of them have been in novice and it's been really fun. Uh, really enjoyed the, the competition as well as speed. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's been, that's been a fun skill to develop and to learn. So um, you like so talking yeah. fast. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you know how to spread yet? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Spreading, that's cool. spreading has been fun. Cause I know Ruth was saying that she wanted to do policy, which is the fast form. And when I look at debate, since I do LD, and she said that public forum was a little bit slower. I think public forum is like really fast, and then LD is like the slow one. So it's it's a lot oh, different really? for me. Yeah, or at least the LD debates I've had. Um, public forum is a lot faster in those rounds because I've also done PF like a little bit earlier in ninth grade. 
But yeah. I just think that's funny that we all have like different views on that um, <laughs> because we actually have no policy debaters as of now in our team. Um, okay. how, so how exactly big is your team? Well, we have two varsity teams as of now and four form. novice teams in policy. Okay, and policy. yeah, two varsity teams and four novice teams. So it's small, but it's it's of a good size for for a school that has a student body of about two hundred. Wow, <laughs> that's and like that, that's actually really good because we have a student body of like I think it's five hundred to six hundred something like that. But we have way fewer debaters than you guys. So you like a debate oriented school? I think mm, not really, but I I, I think that our coach has been really good at marketing it to younger students and and finding a little niche of policy that all the younger students can can gravitate towards like do you like arguing do you like research do you like uh speaking or performance because i think there's something in debate that's for everybody so i think our coach has been really good at marketing it and apply and just really applying it to the student body and seeing seeing what people are interested in and coercing them to join the team. Yeah. No, I definitely know how that is. My coach tries to market debate a lot, and we have, like, whenever the clubs are just all set up and sharing what they're all about, we have a debate stand, and we have people work on the poster and everything. Um, Mm -hmm. And, okay, so you have, at least for a small school, you have a decent amount of people in debate. So Mm -hmm. for all of the tournaments that you've gone to, do you have, like, a favorite resolution, or both of you could share your favorite resolution or topic? Because I know you said the immigration one, you're you were interested in you like that one a lot even though was that just the one that you just researched or do you debate that one as well uh, the immigration topic was last season this season is the arm sales topic okay so i have to say that the immigration topic is my favorite of the two okay um i i really like a more ethical style to debate um, obviously policy is very policy oriented and it's, it's there in the name. I'm surprised but you don't I, do LD I, if you're about the ethics too. Yeah. Well, I, I really liked last year's uh, topic because there were so many things you could do with it. Obviously le- legal immigration is a really, really big, hot topic. And I, I liked all the, the ethical questions. I liked all the the more philosophical questions you could get into. There's definitely some of this topic as well. But um, like last last season, we part, we ran a FEMK for part of the season. And that was really, really interesting and just a great experience for me to be able to delve into that literature and how it interacted with the topic was something that I just really enjoyed. Nice. And so I, I have to say that, that that topic out of the two that I've researched and debated on is my favorite but i i do like the arm sales topic i think they're giving me two different windows into debate a more k approach and then a more traditional approach yeah do you have a favorite of the two uh traditional or progressive i i have to say it's it's definitely progressive yeah Yeah, i'm definitely more of a fan of progressive debate i Traditional debate definitely has its merits, and I don't think it's something that should be forgotten or moved away from, because I think it's really important, and it's part of what makes debate such an important educational activity that I think so many more people should at least try or become aware of. Um, But I think traditional, I mean, sorry, progressive debate also is 
something that's extremely educational. I think it's something that's really important for people to um, at least try or at least understand because I think it provides a really great window into how we should approach more how we should approach policy-oriented debate with more of an ethical framework, how we should evaluate issues, and how we should evaluate how we talk about and think about issues. So I think it's a very valuable window into traditional debate and how we think about traditional debate. Okay. And Nate, what about you? Do you like progressive or traditional more? Uh, so I've been mostly introduced to progressive debate because just because she uh, really enjoys it and she's a, a big part of of the research team and focusing on what we get done. So I've been introduced a lot more to, to K's and like right now I'm, I'm working on writing a, a neocolonialism K. Uh, and so I, I have a disposition towards that just cause I've, I've done more of that. Um, but I, I do enjoy both, uh, uh, policy and, uh, progressive. The, I like the, I mean, I wanted to, to do, uh, uh LD before and it just, uh, and it just kind of was put on the back burner because he wanted to focus on on uh, policy. So be, being like shown a part of policy that is really into the ethics of it is fun because it's it's both the the team format of it and also the ethics, which which I really enjoy. So I'd probably have to agree with with Ruth. Okay. K's progressive debate. It's it's just also it's kind of just gets wacky sometimes. <laughs> And, and that can get fun. Very hectic, but, but yeah. that can be fun at times. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how – so do you guys have like a team that's specifically designated for research only? And then you have the debaters that kind of like assimilate all that research? Or do you all do research for different things and take your cases to tournament? We pretty much all do research some people definitely do more research than others. But, you know, that's just how – That's how it yeah, works in anything, honestly. Works. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think we try to split the, the research burden pretty evenly and try to, you know, the novices, they're learning, knowing how to do research, cut cards, everything like that. Um, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's pretty even distribution of the burden, I guess. Okay. Nate, would you agree with that? It's just like everyone kind of does their own research. Well, I think uh, so. She she's made sure that everyone has like a, a, some research to do. So I don't think it's everyone does their own research, but okay. kind of like everyone does collectively. Everyone is has either been assigned or is doing research somewhere, um, kind of for the for the betterment of the team. Whatever needs done, will have will either someone will step up or, or we'll get okay. someone to do research for that. Because I know so that it's a, a very kind of, we have a couple of teams in North Carolina. Like we have this one massive school. It's called Cary Academy, and mm-hmm. they have like everybody in a specific style of debate runs the exact same case, and then they all like combine all of their research and put it into those two cases. So, do you guys all run different cases or the same cases? We try to run the same cases, okay. or at least cases that we can all contribute to. Um, there's definitely some arguments that people in varsity run that people in novice won't run just because maybe the skill level that it requires is a little bit different. But I think we, we, we try to make uh, – try to put the, the work effort into a more of a collective system so okay. it's not – just dispersed everywhere. It's more efficient. And in the leagues that you guys are involved in, do the novice and varsity have the same resolution? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So is that all the leagues you participate in, or are you also NSDA or anything like national like that? 
so far this year we've done just TFA tournaments, I believe, in which TFA and NSCA have a little bit of overlap. Like T- TFA is, I know, hmm, I don't know if it's under the purview of NSCA. I don't think it is. Okay. But I, I know that NSCA recognizes those tournaments and will give you points and, and help you move along. And oh, yeah, get, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, through TFA tournaments. So, yeah, under TFA, the novices and the varsity competitors have the same resolution. I don't know if it's that way in other styles, but I know that in policy, that's how it works. Okay, because I know for LD and um, Public Forum in North Carolina, we have this one league called Dogwood, and then we have NSDA, and we have this also, like this internal league where the resolution is the same. It's it's really new and just kind of growing, but usually the resolutions are different. So I think that's interesting for your leagues, how they're actually the same. Cause that, does that help your team as far as varsity members, helping novice members and kind of like growing that experience a little bit? Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's really useful, uh, especially in practice rounds and things like that. If the novices maybe are able to do research or debate somebody in varsity that is Use uh, using the same resolution. I think it's I think it's useful just for teaching and research. I think it's nicely organized. Okay. But that's really interesting. I, I didn't know different leagues had had different resolutions. Oh different yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay. NSDA, there the nationals was about like violent revolution. Um, Dogwood mm-hmm. Dogwood will use the NSDA resolutions, but mm-hmm. we have this other league called the we call it like the Coolidge Debate League. It's part we're partnered or our. The founder of our schools is partnered with the Calvin Coolidge Presidential Foundation, which is just in remembrance of Calvin Coolidge, and they have a whole debate program, and they hold a national tournament yeah. called the Coolidge Cup. Have you heard of it? Or I, I, I have heard of it, but I'm not super familiar with it. Yeah. yeah. So basically, like, they have all of the really big circuit tournaments um, around the nation are qualifying tournaments, so if you win that, the mm-hmm. Coolidge Cup will pay for you to fly to Vermont and debate in the... <laughs> national tournament so it's really fun i've done it a couple times but their resolutions are different than nsd and dogwood so they'll completely flip the script it usually has something to do with um current events like we actually did have an immigration topic one time we talked about mm-hmm. school vouchers um stuff like that uh, what i really want to see i'm i'm so hyped for a gun control debate i don't know about you guys but I would, oh yeah i are you like waiting and anticipating that or is that just me I I think that would be a really interesting topic yeah. for sure. Yeah, I'm just yeah. it is literally all over the media right now, and I've been studying up because I yeah. just oh, yeah. I sense yeah. it coming. But yeah. um, Nate, I also want to know your favorite resolution. I forgot to ask. So, do, hmm. what's your favorite one that you've debated, novice, varsity, anything? Uh, so in PF, we had one on sanctuary cities, kind of similar to just like a generic immigration topic, but it was it was focusing on on the the legality of sanctuary cities. And, and that one I really enjoyed because – so, of course, in Texas, there are people that are very opinionated uh, on, on sanctuary cities and immigration and that topic in general. So it was fun doing research and getting to see, I guess, a more full understanding of the topic. Okay. Uh, so that – just be, I think that, that one in, in PF my first year was my favorite just because – it's it relates to 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 me to, to what this this environment that I'm in so much that that it was it was really fun to debate that and learn more about that. Uh, so yeah. Okay, because I know I know how that feels as well because the Coolidge Foundation, since they make 
resolutions that are related to North Carolina, or at least sometimes like when they come to North Carolina and and host tournaments there. The last one was about tax incentives, I think. And Mm -hmm. um, it was specifically North Carolina tax incentives. So I learned, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say it was the most fun thing to research because it wasn't, (laughs) but Uh, I learned a lot about the North Carolina tax code, man, like more than I need to know, but it was still a fun debate. (laughs) Um, So what do you guys make of the current political environment? Because I mean, it's kind of, things are getting kind of crazy now. So I wanted to hear about yeah. your your views on that. How does how what do you think of that? Uh, so I think it, my my views on the the political climate yeah is I think it's it's just everything's been radicalized and yeah. well not a whole lot of things have been radicalized and and that's been that's been kind of one of my biggest issues because government. You have the two-party system that's that's inevitable. That's going to happen. But the way that it that it's kind of played out as of now is that the discussion, like legitimate discussion, that gives progress is so rare uh, and and hard to find. So like um one of the the Democratic uh, candidates uh, Yang, he, he's one of my favorite candidates. Not necessarily even because of what he he believes, but just because he's not out hate mongering against all the rest of the candidates is that he's seeking at least some form of civil discussion. And so yeah. that's, that's, that's been one of the, 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 he's been one of the great, uh, uh, I guess beacons of hope in, <laughs> in politics for me looking at that because there's so few people like that. Um, and it's interesting how the ones who get like the best ratings, I, I guess that's a weird way of putting it are the ones who don't have that char- those characteristics because I know yeah. I think after the whole impeachment deal Elizabeth Warren is currently at the top and she's like the mm-hmm. number one contender but yeah. I, I would argue I've watched I watched like one and a half of the Democratic debate so not the full two <laughs> but um, yeah. from what I can tell she's way less she's way less inclined to talk about things like Yang is I'm I'm sure you would agree yeah, yeah. What, what do you think Ruth what do you make of the current political climate. I, I definitely think that there is some merit in, in, the, in the idea that everything's been radicalized. And like what Nate was saying, I, I also really like Yang. I, I, do I disagree with some of his policies? Yeah, for sure. But I, I really like how he approaches the political climate and how he approaches being a candidate and discussion and other candidates, I think, is really respectful. And it's really it's something that's honor that is really severely missing from the political climate as a whole. Everything everything has become a partisan issue, and there, it seems like there's no reconciliation to be made on a lot of really important topics that reconciliation is are required for. It, reconciliation is required for. Um, but I actually think debate has been kind of helpful for that, just being able to do research. And obviously you have to be asked sometimes, you have to be negged sometimes. So you have to, you're required to look at both sides of an issue. You're required to take more than one stance, you're required to take multiple stances on an issue, you know, one round you'll be arguing arm sales to Saudi Arabia are bad. And then one round you'll be arguing arm sales to Saudi Arabia actually um, aren't as bad as AF would have you believe. So I, I think debate and research, researching the way that debate requires you to has been really helpful for getting a more universal picture on issues that's not just specific, that's not strictly informed by one stance on an issue. I think that's been really helpful. Um, okay. I think debate has just allowed, given me a more 
nuanced approach to how I think about ideas and how I think about issues that are important currently. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that too, like how debate relates to that. But I'm just like sitting here, I'm seeing my microphone, just imagining people listening to this. Like, do you hear this? Like debate is <laughs> essential. Like you need to be able to do your research. Yeah, I, um, yeah. And when I see videos of people like doing Q and A's with all the different politicians, like, and asking them about how they feel about certain things or raising concerns. I just watched one yesterday. I was sitting in bed. It was like 1030. And I watched this video of this woman standing up and talking to AOC about how we need to start eating babies to eliminate CO2. And oh, AOC, look, I saw man, I saw the look on her face too. Cause like she, <laughs> she wants to hold that we have to do something about climate change. She doesn't want to eat children. So she's sitting yeah. there and she's like, I share your concern, man. Luckily, we have more than <laughs> luckily have more than three months. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was funny. But yeah, I completely agree with you guys, and I think that debate is an important. I would almost call it like a grassroots approach. Like, look, I mean, we're in high school. You guys might want to do debate in college. I'm hoping to do debate in college if I can make a college team. Yeah, and um, I think it's important for a lot of people our age and as we get older to just have the ability to do research and articulate ideas effectively and with actual evidence behind them. Um, yeah. And I think that's literally the number one thing that our political environment and just our nation in general needs right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, go for talking it. about how to talking about how to to, to fix a society. You've got. So many different people that have, that have I, I guess, have their different ideas, but the majority of them all start with: you need to educate the educate the people that will be ruling the country in forty years and thirty years and the, the next generation. Because so many once once you get out of your your development stage, educationally speaking, you kind of get get set into your roots. So it's it's important for for people that are that are younger that are that are growing and still developing their beliefs to actually look at every side. Because yeah. specifically on the sanctuary city argument, I when I started my research into that, I thought that it was 100% illegal for a municipality to uh, not uh, uh, aid the federal government in in enforcing federal rule. But then you look into it, and there are court cases. The the um, what was it? Not no, it was it was during the the Civil War with the the North not wanting to help the enforce the Fugitive Slave Act and how the Supreme Court found that to be completely uh, constitutional and how that is, there's precedent for that. That is completely okay to do for a sanctuary city to, to exist because the municipalities don't have to aid the federal government in enforcing federal rule. And so just, it's been, it's been so helpful in, in that topic and in, in the arms sales topics and in just doing some, uh, some minor research for other topics to to figure out what the what the the truth of a situation actually is and being able to change my beliefs and and I mean either change my beliefs or get even more securely rooted through evidence in in the beliefs that I hold and and being able to understand situations to the fullest that's that's such an important thing for I mean everyone to know to some extent yeah and I think it's interesting that it's it's not even like we're being educated on these topics. We're educating each other, and we're also educating ourselves. <laughs> yeah. So like that, and that's a whole yeah. other level too, because we recognize that this nation honestly needs help because everything's radicalized. We can't oh, yeah. have conversations. Like literally, politics is like watching a sports game now because you have rallies. Yeah, I mean, you did have, you see? 
Did you see some of the advertisements for the the 2016 presidential uh, d- debates between Hillary and Trump? It was I, like yeah. they were arguing. They were advertising for a boxing match. Dude, it exactly. Was, I mean, it's like an intellectual boxing match, and not even that, because like then you just have people no, roasting each no, other. No, 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 no. And like, and I mean, I also saw like these. I went to DC a while ago, not for anything political, just because my sister wanted to watch a Shawn Mendes concert. But I saw a a, a pro, like, protest outside the White House, and there were just signs lined up everywhere on the floor. There were people like singing songs against Trump. Like they they had these down. This was like church gospels like stuff. Like everyone knew hey. the words. Everyone knew the words. Everyone was just singing. And then this lady had the microphone. She's like, "All right, we're gonna sing this one next." Like it was just some kind of like I don't even know. It was just it was just hilarious. And I took a, a pictures of a couple of them. But they were I don't know. Like this is way too much of a sports game. Like I mean, there's t-shirts and hats and like stickers and everything. Like I see more yeah. like Democrat or Republican stickers than I do like NFL or I don't know like any other type of stickers on people's cars and whatever. But yeah, yeah, I think it's really valuable that we're educating ourselves on these topics. Um, and on a complete side note, I'm looking at myself in the camera right now and I'm just a dark figure. Like for, for everyone, <laughs> so for me listening being, right now. You keep being in and out between being like a, a, a dark specter and then being normal and then dark specter. Yeah, I know it's, great. it's, it's funny. Um, by the way, your jacket, Nate is just awesome. First of all. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So Thanks. that's sick. I got, I got a Disney world. That's cool. And it, it, I mean, your, you. your guys' visuals, you set this up perfectly because I can see you both really well and the quality is just amazing. My mom brought me to work. She works at Red Hat in downtown Raleigh. Um, and I'm just sitting here in this conference room. The lights are off. So we're doing like a Skype interview for those listening. And I think it's just funny because I'm looking at myself like I'm like Emperor Palpatine <laughs> or something. And I just, I don't know, it just looks ridiculous. Um, yeah, it is fine. But yeah, and since you guys, so tell me real quick, what leagues are you a part of for uh, high school debate, like your school? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've competed in NCFL, National Catholic Forensics League, and TFA, Texas, te- ooh, Texas Forensics Association, and NSDA. Okay, perfect. We're hoping in a few years to compete in TOC, but that's, that's, that's a goal. That's not now. Yeah, that's a stretch goal. All right, cool. Yeah. So out of all of the competitions you guys have been to, do you each have like a funny debate story that you could tell us? Because every, every oh, time I interview sure. someone that's done debate, and I see you smiling too, I know you do. Uh, we have, and I'll even share mine, and my listeners have heard it before, and I still get so mad about this, and I think you'll laugh too. Um, but I want to hear yours. Every time I interview debaters about anything, I always ask for the funny stories, because these are just completely worth telling. So do tell. Right. So I, I don't know if this is my all-time favorite one. It might be. It's up there. But as far as recent stories go, so we, uh, uh, for the first part of the season, we were running an Agomben K. And for I had written, ooh, I had wrote most of the framework sections. So there's this one section on standards. And next to the little tag that says standards, just as a little dumb joke, I had put in there the phrase, bro, we win. And that's a fact. And it was just like a little, a little joke, maybe to lighten some people's spirits as they're trudging through the files and trying to find the cards they need. And so it's the last tournament. 
it was one of our novices very first debate tournaments and this novice she's like a she's like an angel come down to earth straight from heaven like she's just such a ray of sunshine and she's just like this sweet little innocent novice and in (laughs) what a funny way of putting that (laughs) (laughs) and so in the middle of a round nate is helping her write her speech and he's he's pouring through the files and he just copy and pasted the standard section into her speech doc and he didn't remove the bro we win and that's a fact line (laughs) and it it, i mean it's an understandable mistake to make i get it but so in the in the middle of this round our our sweet little uh novice who it's her first debate tournament ever she gets up and she goes on standards bro we win and that's a fact oh no she she she'll read what what i give her and she's She's worried about about learning how to spread and being and spreading well. So she's not really focused about what she's reading when it's the stuff that I've given her. So so you did this. Like, you copy pasted no, okay. it. No, all right. <laughs> I, this may have been me. Yes, it oh might have. Oh my gosh, dude! No, it was. No, that, it was. there is a there is a, a high chance that it was me. Um, so yeah, I copy pasted it. I, I I gave her the file and I just like. As she started this, the the section that I gave her, and she read that, I just like, I just had this moment of, what have I done? <laughs> she's such, she's she's uh, she's really is like a sweet, innocent, wholesome child. And I just had her read, and she's reading it loud, aggressively, trying to spread, bro, we win, and that's a fact. Boom, and it's just. <sighs> Imagine her listening to this right now. Like I could just. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, so any other funny stories you want to tell? Oh, let's see. Oh, there was one time where we were doing a practice round. Now, this was, this was I think it was before you, because this was when I was doing PF. Uh, and we had one of our, our, our guys who was kind of just there to, to help out, figure out whether he wanted to do it or not. Um, and so this was a practice round of PF. And so you know, new to debate, you always get flustered at some point. And so he had, he had kind of where he had to... to uh, read some of his some analytics and then do some some on the off the top of his head analytics and so he didn't he didn't really know what to do so all of a sudden an idea sparks in his head well i'll just say something crazy so he starts arguing for eugenics in the middle of a of a of a uh, uh of a practice round on on immigration and sanctuary cities and just kind of like the look on our coach's face. Oh my gosh. When he starts arguing for that, man, that was, that was, that was a while ago. And that was one of his, one of our like first actual practice rounds. So it's excusable. Cause that was our first year of, of debate. That was, that was when we were first getting the, and he's just like, all right, I have no idea what to do. I'm not going to panic here. I'm just going to start speaking and see, see what happens. Um, he didn't end up continuing it. Uh, but yeah, that was one of our, maybe not necessarily funniest, but definitely uncomfortable. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, yeah. I'll tell you mine, and I want to see how you guys react to this. If this is like typical or atypical, because this made me so mad. So we we have this, we had a tournament in Durham, at Durham Academy. So that's like, it's not too far from Raleigh, maybe like half an hour or something. And... I was in a round, I think it was about military aid in Yemen. I could be wrong, but, um, oh man. So I don't, it was something of my, I don't know what the resolution was, but my value was safety. Right. And this kid comes in and cross, I'm an LD by the way. So that's what had a value. And this kid comes in and he just wants to attack the value head on, like with no context. So he comes in and I'm like, all right, fine. 
So he's like, what is safety? It defines safety. And then he's like, okay, imagine this scenario. If every single person on the entire world was imprisoned in a jail cell, they would be safe, but that wouldn't be good, right? And I'm like, obviously, like that, that would not be good if everyone was imprisoned in a yeah. jail cell. Yeah. He's like, okay, so safety's bad. I was like, that is the most idiotic application of a universal that I've probably ever heard in my entire debate. Career. And um, somehow the judge bought it. Like they what? bought it. I, oh, I spent, God. I spent like a minute and a half in rebuttal trying to explain how the entire world is not imprisoned That's... and nobody, like she didn't buy it. And I, and I completely lost that round. And I just don't know how that could happen. <laughs> But yeah, that's my that's my number one disappointment. That's rough, man. Definitely judges, have some rough judges. I feel like a lot a lot of times judges are either a hit or miss. You'll either get a fantastic judge like gives a gives a good RFD, really explains their decision, tried to be as objective as possible, and then at other times you'll. Uh, You'll get a judge. It's like mm, I voted on the other team because they had nicer shoes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I actually I had okay in the last tournament, uh, different different round. I had a, a, a judge that's that that one of the her, her critiques or, or uh, on our on our team was that I wasn't well dressed enough because what? I wasn't I wasn't wearing a suit coat as well. So yeah, that mm, judges can <laughs> get. And what is it, Ruth, you said the word RFD. What does that stand for? Because I've never heard that before. Oh, sorry. Uh, reason for decision. So basically oh, just... Oh, yeah, I got on, it. Okay. So yeah, on the, the ballot, judges... The after, after yeah. round comments. Okay, cool. So, Ruth, you're... I'm, just correct me if I'm mistaken, both of you. Ruth, your favorite form of debate is policy. And, Nate, you like public forum. Well, okay. I think the, top, the topic, considering my first season... I've only had two two seasons, actually more like one and a quarter, one season of PF and then uh, my first season of policy. I'm really enjoying policy more than I did okay. PF. I just have I just have like a tad bit more experience with with P, with PF. But policy okay. actually getting my teeth sunk into it. There's so much more in it. There's so much I think I enjoy policy more. Now, if I had to choose between policy and LD because LD was what I originally wanted, but it's just our coach just doesn't know LD nearly as well as he does policy, and so we we're just sticking with policy. I can't I can't say on that because I think policy just for me I, 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 uh, isn't as fun as as LD is because I really really enjoy getting into the philosophy and the the ethics yes. of it. And like you said, talking about values that's something that I really really enjoy. Um, so I don't I just I just straight up don't know how that would compare. It sounds more enticing, but just from the experience that I have, I enjoy policy more. Okay. Yeah. And I'll tell you, if you ever get the chance to um, try out LD, I really think you're going to like it. I actually, when you were talking about that philosophy thing, it reminded me, I just did an interview with this one guy. He runs a meme page, but it's like a philosophy meme page on Instagram. It's called <laughs> um, memes.philosophy. And I brought him on the show because I was like, look, we do philosophy in LD. This is relevant. Let's like just have yeah, a philosophical yeah, conversation. Let's just have some fun talking about memes and philosophy. Exactly. Yeah, let's yeah. just have some fun talking about memes and philosophy. And I, um, man, I'll just have to show you the episode. And that was also my first over the phone interview. So the audio was like, I was literally, I, I want to like give a demonstration, but I don't want to ruin the audio for this thing. I was <laughs> right up on the microphone and it just, it sounded nice. terrible. 
But um, I think you guys would think that's funny because he we had a whole conversation about that. Um, but yeah, the philosophy is great. LD is great. Um, there's a lot of different strategies to it. I think you would, you would like it a lot. But I am going to leverage your, your guys' knowledge of policy a little bit because we currently don't have any policy debaters. So I want to know, like, in a brief summary, how do you write a K? Because we've never done that. And I know you could write Ks in different types of debate, too. But what is a policy? Maybe you could go through, like, the format of a policy round and then tell us how to write a K. Cool. Yeah. So in policy, there's four constructive speeches that are each eight minutes, followed by four rebuttals that are each five minutes. So the AF gets up, delivers the first AF constructive um, first affirmative constructive, the neg gets up, delivers the first negative constructive, then the, the second affirmative constructive, then the second negative constructive, and then the first negative rebuttal, and then the first AF rebuttal, and then the second negative rebuttal, and then the second AF rebuttal. Wait, so how, and, many, how many minutes are those constructive speeches? Uh, minutes was four times eight, 32 minutes. Wait, so every of, constructive speech is eight minutes long? Yeah. yeah. And, how lo- and the rebuttals yeah. are five. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's oh, a 62-minute yeah. round. Yeah. With, with delays and taking prep time and just kind of general oh, clumsiness, rounds gosh. can last anywhere from like an hour, an hour and a half to two hours. If everyone, if, and if how much like prep you're flashing, time? Uh, you have yeah, eight, eight, eight minutes of prep time. Yeah. Um, Goodness gracious. What are you guys doing? Like, <laughs> I've never, never heard of this. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Oh, yeah. on, one hand, on one hand, it is... Sometimes, you know, tournaments are going late. It's like 1130 and you're in a round and just nothing is going right. And it feels like the world is crumbling around uh, around you. But on the other hand, it's also really nice because you can really get into the nitty gritty of the topic and the cards and the evidence. So that's really nice. But yeah, rounds are really long, okay. and that can either be a really great thing or a really horrible thing sometimes. All right, so I, I know I interrupted you, so keep going. So that's the structure of it. Um, mm-hmm. What are the different burdens and, and the Ks that we could look at here? Well, I mean, if you're looking at the arms arm sales topic, um, a lot of uh, some of the popular Ks for this topic are militarism, like um, like the the, the framework of like militarism and kind of how we view arms sales as like a military advantage and how we like the lens that we evaluate arms sales through is is a top is a militaristic issue and we need to break away from like a, an industrial um that that industrial mindset um another type of k that i'm not super familiar with is the security k um which I won't try to explain because I'm not super familiar with it. Um, Obviously, capitalism K, cap Ks are there for every topic. Um, We ran an Agamben K, a biopolitics K, for a while, which... A biopolitics K. Yeah, which was... Okay, interesting. But uh, (laughs) that might come out later in the season again if we get it rewritten. I don't know. We might take it out for a a stroll again. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, there, there's, I mean, there's a lot of K's you can do. Like fem K's are kind of applicable to any topic. Queer theory K's, I'm not super educated in, but I think those would be applicable to a lot of topics. Um, K literature, 
Honestly, if you can find some K literature that you understand, that you can work with, that you feel comfortable in, chances are you can probably apply something like it to the topic and make it work because K's kind of function in evaluating K's are uh, something that's run by NEG primarily. So it's 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 about evaluating the mindset of the AFS argument and, and it talks and it kind of steps back from traditional debate that says that the utilitarian impacts of what will happen if the AFS plan passes <clears throat> are bad because maybe more people will die or these countries will get in a war. K's some, uh, most of the time take a step back and say <clears throat> the mindset that this um, the mindset of this argument is faulty and it needs to be evaluated because it's harmful for X, Y, and Z. And so they, they have uh something called an alt it's basically a plan except just for a k it's called an alternative and it basically just says there's a way that we can break out of this mindset and there's a way that we can evaluate the af through a better lens that doesn't cause the harms that we're talking about and then does the af have to adopt that mindset and run with it for the rest of the round or do they just like because if there's so much time left in the round what exactly happens after someone runs a k Right. So there's a lot of different ways you can argue a K, but AF primarily will try to say, like, we don't violate, like, we aren't part of this mindset. Like, we don't actually engage with the harms that they're talking about. Um, maybe they can say that this this isn't actually as big of a problem as Neg is talking about, or that or maybe it is a problem, but our problems are worse and we have to address them first. So like maybe you could say, yeah, ma- militarism is a, is a harmful mindset, but we have to address arms sales to Taiwan first because the impacts will happen sooner. Um, or so it's you like could weighing s- the mindsets on the resolution before you even yes. go into the topic yeah. itself. Yeah, kind of. Um, but, I mean, they can also say like perm – uh, you, we can do the, we can do what the K wants us to do at the same time is the plan. So the, the, the mindset that they, the, the alt that they want to engage in can happen in the same world is our plan. Um, yeah, it, it, it can get pretty nuanced as far as, is, is like the philosophy behind it and whether that's a, that's an accurate idea and whether the alt is a good idea. A lot of the arguments usually focus around the alt, whether maybe the alt is bad, the alt won't work, or the alt will be like co-opted or something like that. So a lot of, I think a lot of the argumentation happens around the alt and the mechanism of change that the K actually tries to implement. Okay. And what are the parts of a K? Like how would you go about writing a new one if you had to do that? Right. So... There's so many different styles of K that it's kind of hard to answer. But if you're going to look at like the traditional K that's maybe not performative, maybe it's just about cards, um, usually it'll it'll have a link and, and it'll talk about this is what the AF does that engages in this bad thing. Um, and this is this is the impact of, of what that enga- AF's engagement in the problem is. This is what will happen if AF if the AFS plan goes through. Um, so maybe the impact would be something like structural violence or oppression. It could be something like that. Um, and then you, the alt would be like, 
we need to reject the F in favor of a different mindset that can better evaluate the problems of the F or the problems that the resolution that the problems that the resolution creates. So it's not necessarily the negative team offering. So basically, they're offering a different affirmative approach. Mm, not really. They kind of, well. Kind of, yeah, actually. Okay. They, they offer a different approach to evaluating the F and how, hmm. um, how plans like the F should be evaluated and dealt with in the future, if that makes sense. Okay. So in a traditional policy round where nobody runs a K, I know the affirmative has a plan, right? And then the neg has hmm? to make a counter plan? They don't have to make a counter plan. I mean, you probably should because I think mm -hmm. a counter plan is a really effective argument to make. But there's a lot of different things you can do. You can run a disadvantage, which basically just says this is a bad thing that will happen if AF's plan passes. Like, if we if we stop arm sales to Taiwan, then this policy. The, like, for instance, the USMCA policy won't pass, and that leads to, like, agricultural collapse, and that's oh, okay. bad. So it's something like that. It, it doesn't really—a DA itself, a disadvantage, doesn't offer a, a different plan of action. It just says this is a bad thing that will happen mm -hmm. because of the AF. And you can um, run multiple counter, disadvantages? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. a counter plan proposes an alternate solvency mechanism, so— Maybe a counter plan could say, yeah, we should stop arms sales to Taiwan, but there's a better way for us to do it. Hmm. <clears throat> and okay. then there's there's different arguments like procedurals you can run. So maybe you could say that the AF isn't actually adhering to the resolution. They're, they're not topical, so they're not being fair. So we can't have this debate in the first place because they don't actually affirm something that falls under the umbrella of the resolution. But Okay. So it seems like yeah. to me that policy debate deals a lot more than other forms of debate with how to solve a particular problem rather than w the problem itself, which is I'm not saying that's like a bad thing. I'm saying that's different than because like in an LD resolution, it's like, should we do this? Should we not? But policy is oriented towards <clears throat> finding or like it's goal oriented. Like, how do we solve this specific issue? Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. For sure. OK, so that's interesting. Cause like I, and I, I I'm almost tempted to try it sometime if I can find a tournament that has policy and like is it partnered or is it solo? It's partnered. Oh okay, yeah, with two people. people? Mm -hmm. All right. Have you guys ever heard of World School Debate? Yeah, I have heard of it. I, I'm not super educated in it, but it sounds really interesting. Actually, we're, so our team is going to be going to. Um, and I'll like for Nate, I'll try to like give a short description about it. It's so okay. weird. So there's three people <clears throat> on each team, and. Or actually, you can have up to five, my correction, but only three speak, right? So there's three speakers. There's, like, a whole thing with, like, um, constructives and rebuttals, like, later on, so that's kind of consistent. But you can stand up in the middle of someone's speech and ask a question or make a statement. The speeches are pretty long, too. Like, I know you guys are used to long speeches, but they're, like, relatively long. But And so our team is going to debate world school format for the first time at Harvard in the spring, and then we're going to go to the, hopefully – bring a couple of debaters to the Czech Republic, or I guess Czechia, oh, wow. how it's called, uh, to debate in the summer. That's the plan. So we're just going to, like, mm. run with that. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's such an interesting format, too. So, Ruth, you said yeah. you've heard of it. Have you ever tried it? No, I haven't. I honestly, I think it'd be really fun that to try. Sounds, oh, that man, sounds chaotic. It's, 
Dude, if I, sh- I, I sh- need to show you the slideshow that my coach put me through. Not put me through. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that he presented to me um, about world school debate. Or, like, maybe I'll try to, like, find a video for you to watch or something. Because it looks really fun. But it's also, like, just completely different than anything I've seen. So that's why, yeah. anyway, that's why I was asking how many people were involved in policy. Because after that whole paradigm flip, I couldn't be sure about two people anymore or two or one person. So it, apparently there's three people that debate in world school debate. Um, it sounds but, a lot like yeah. British parliamentary debate. Yeah. That's actually where it gets its roots from. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So okay. It, it actually has a ton of traditions that are tied back to the British parliament. Um, and mm-hmm. even the teams like, so the negative, okay, no, it's not called this, but like the affirmative represents the proposition and then the negative mm-hmm. is the opposition. But in the yeah, British yeah, yeah. Parliament, it would be called Her Majesty or His Majesty's loyal opposition because what they're doing yeah. is like putting out a plan and then we want to see all the harms of it. So we just have an opposition to that and we're trying to like discover yeah. truth about whether or not to implement it. Huh. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of like cool traditions that are tied back to a real government that I think would be awesome to try out. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, yeah I'll, try to, I'll try to send you something if you want to watch it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Dude, that'd be really cool. So we've covered a lot in this interview, and I'm really, I'm also really glad to have a connection with you guys about policy debate because it seems like you know a lot about it. And our team is, like, we compete in such traditional leagues that we've gotten places without knowing how to cut cards. Like, I've never personally cut a card for oh. evidence. And I've, oh. broke, I've broken at regional tournaments for dogwood, which gets you to the NSDA, like eventually if you earn enough points. I've gone to the National Coolidge Tournament, like Coolidge Cup, a couple of times, and I've literally never cut a card. So, which is like, uh, and people ask me, like, do you have a card? And I'm like, <coughs> not necessarily. <laughs> I don't necessarily. <laughs> there but, may um, be a chance. <laughs> exactly. But um, so I'm really glad we could actually reach out to you guys and learn a little bit about the, the nuances of policy and like, and just in general, just different types of debate. Because um, for my evidence, literally, I would just, Sometimes, like, if I had it on paper, I would literally print out every article that I cited and have that, but nothing would be highlighted, because I know you guys highlight stuff for, like, cutting cards. Um, but, yeah, it's just crazy. Like, there's a lot of differences. Hmm. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really fascinating. Yeah. So, but I know, like, so debate at our school is an elective that you can choose, and our coach okay. is going through how to actually cut cards now, so we're trying to adopt that so we can move <laughs> forward. Um in the future. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so the policy stuff's really interesting. And I think I'm going to try to end with this too. I want to know both of your opinions on how to get good at debate or to get better at debate. Cause I know a lot of, especially beginners listen to this podcast. Cause we, we like to outline, we have interviews with people like this and we like to outline the basics of debate. Like here's a basic LD case, public forum case and all this stuff. So if someone's looking to get better at debate, what are your two thoughts or your thoughts about how to improve your game? <clears throat> Honestly, I think the, the the best thing to do to practice is to watch other people do it and then try to implement what they do. Or not – I don't want to say coffee, but, you know, that's, that's – Yeah, but it's, like, it's like learning from experts, like in sports. You, like, watch sports yeah, players and you want to get better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Like, what I did to, to learn in my novice year, I would just go on YouTube and look up, like, TOC rounds – because people at TFC, like, are debate gods, pretty much. Really? I'm going <laughs> to write that down real quick. Their rounds are just really, really fascinating to watch. And trying to maybe flow the rounds that the rounds that you're watching and to see what kind of arguments they're reading. And then um, 
what I would do is like, okay, it's a DA that I'm vaguely familiar with. So I would listen to it. I would pause it and I would write out some arguments that I would use to respond to it with. And then I would finish watching the video and see how the, the, the team in the round responded to it and compare it and see what I did mm-hmm. and what they did and what worked and see at, at, at the end of the round what worked. So I, I think uh, a, a really helpful thing is just watching what other people do and learning from other people and talking to other debaters like at tournaments. Just talk to people. See what other people are doing. You know, After a round, just you know, try to make some friends. See what they're doing. See how their team works. See what they're doing. I mean, it's a good community-building exercise, I guess. And it's also just fun to to learn and be taught by other people that are also learning with you. And another thing, just do drills. Do drills. If your coach tells you to do drills, just do them. Yeah. Like, speed drills are not enjoyable for me whatsoever, but forcing myself to do them and forcing myself to, like, redo rebuttals from rounds that I lost and forcing myself to do speeches over again at home after tournaments was, it's a drag, but you can really tell the difference it makes. Like, looking even, like, looking at the beginning of the season last year and how far I've come, it's it's really incredible just to see how much just practicing and doing little things will help you. And everybody progresses differently, of course, but just doing what you can and getting the experience you can is really, really valuable. Yeah, and it's really interesting how um, I noticed something you said earlier about just going out and learning from people and making friends. The debate community is such a tight community. Like we, it, oh yeah. yeah. Have you realized yeah. that? Because like when I go and meet new, like different debaters at different tournaments, like there's just this, we all hold that thing in common where we're all like learning new things. And what's really cool is there's so many nuances to debate as well that everybody knows something that someone else doesn't. Even like, even yeah. at the most basic level, like your pathway through what different tournaments you've been through, even a novice could know something that a varsity member has not figured out yet. And I just think that is so cool. Um, But yeah, it shows how like education and just like seeking knowledge really brings people together. And what do you think, Nate? Uh, What's your, um, Uh, what's your improvement pill? I think, I think kind of building off of what, what Ruth said at the, at the end is just consistency. Cause so for we as people, whenever we find a hobby, whenever find, we find something we enjoy, something new, we want to like put all of our passion in at the beginning. And then like, cause it's like something new, something awesome. And we want to like put all of it in. But when we do that, when we put all of our energy in at the very beginning, well then after that beginning, we, it becomes so much easier to, to, to spittle out. And so like taking that, that passion that you have for something and spreading it out, even cause, cause for me, what it's come to is like, even if it's just, Hey, just Find, a, find another article and bookmark that article and look at it later. I, I try and do something every day related to debate. If it's something small, if it's something big, sometimes, sometimes I just like can't bring myself to do a speed drill. So I'll just read through the case and like speed in my – and spread in my head. Cause as long spread as, in as your long head. As, That's like a new model. Yeah, yeah. As long as you're doing something, as long as you are getting yourself <laughs> to do something and being consistent about it. It doesn't have to be big. It just has to be consistent. It's the whole idea of uh, the journey of a thousand steps starts with one is that you can't, you can't really, you're, you're not going to spend all of your passion in the first couple weeks. And by the end of it, be a debate God that you see on those, on those, on those YouTube videos. Um, 
you've got to work your way up to that. And, uh, and you've got to be willing to, cause like for me, I like to, to schedule things out. I like to, to plan ahead. And so I'll try as best as I can to, to plan my steps ahead. What am I going to do today? What am I going to do tomorrow? What do, what do I think I'll be able to do? And then kind of judge my progress, see if I'm getting better. And then kind of like that consistency, you'll, you won't, with that consistency, you won't notice the, the progress immediate. But then in a couple weeks or in a month or in half a year, you'll be able to look back on it and that, cons- that consistency will be able to show such a huge progress that you'll, I mean, you'll be thanking yourself. I, I have even in just the few months that I've been doing uh, policy uh, this year, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's really good. It's, it's, that goes for a lot of things in life too, just consistency and yeah. finding passion for something. And and I really like your idea of spreading it out over time. Look, I actually just pulled this out of my bag. This is like my life wisdom notebook, and I'm going to <laughs> write that down in there because that's actually that's just a really good idea. Because people like I've noticed people do put a lot of passion into things and they just burn out over time. And I know how that feels like for myself too. It's just like it happens to everyone. But that's also that's some really good insight. And I think that I'm also going to close on that because that was just a great point. Thank you both for coming on this interview. I really appreciate it. I had a great time. I've learned a ton. Like, believe me. Oh, yeah. So I, I've really I've really enjoyed this. Uh, thanks for inviting us. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, no problem. This has been great. So everyone who's been listening to this, I hope you got something from this because I certainly did. I learned a ton about policy debate and how debate even works in Texas in a state that's not mine. So if you want to get in contact with us or ask us any questions, you can do so at whatstheres at gmail.com. That's W-H-A-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-S at gmail.com. Check out our website, www.whatstheres.com. Or if you want to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit, you can do so at whatstheres underscore. And until next time, work hard, speak well, and seek the truth. Thank you.